Okay, welcome to Cobra Kai Never Dies. I'm your host, Nina. I'm your other host, Sleta. Today we're covering Season 3, Episode 2, Nature versus Nurture, The Eternal Question. (laughs) (laughs) We say this because the episode opens with an amazing flashback. We are in 1965. We've never been here before, With a teen crease. Yes. I mean, you've got uh, the San Fernando Valley, 1965, this douchey college player shows up, or college football player shows up at, like, a, a 60s, like, soda pop diner. Um, I mean, he throws around things like, you know, no mercy to the other football team. And you think it's crease. You really do. I did, anyway. Classic misdirection, though. Exactly. Because um, uh, this um, kind of wimpy-looking busboy in, like, one of those stupid paper hats comes to the table, and the football player calls him a freak, and he kind of, like, limps away. That is Crease. That busboy is Crease. Does that make sense to you? Is that a fair origin story? This lines up. Yeah, like, yeah. like you look at Crease and you don't quite think that he was the star football player. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't quite carry himself that way. Yeah, there's no easy confidence. It's like a hard-earned, I've fought to get where I'm at. And in fact, I'm... Well, let's just do the crease backstory, because yes. there's a number of flashbacks. The thing that I have asked for for seasons <laughs> now that I never thought I'd get. I was I, I was surprised they went there, and do you know what? I have not liked crease in so long. I liked this. I and thought this was good. Yeah, and there's something about, like, it's kind of like Back to the Future, where, like, Biff Tannen. There's something about a 50s era bully... Or I guess this was set in 1965. Man, they like but... invented bullying, right? Yes, like the, the there's something so troops. sinister about the Letterman jackets. And again, we've we've speculated wildly that boomers especially seem to uh, remember high school and it was an important time in their lives. And I'm wondering if it's like, that's where you make all your enemies and... and... Your lifelong relationships. Yes. And, I mean, what I liked was that... So in that first scene that Chris appears, like... They, there's a little information that's dropped, like, uh, you know, when the football player makes fun of, like, Crease for being a freak, like, some other kid they're with is like, oh, that's the one whose mother, like, killed himself. Um, and then, like, they do this thing where, like, uh, an army recruiter comes in and tries to recruit the football players, but they're not really interested, but Crease picks up the brochure. So they, they put up a lot of things in place, and then at the end, like, the football player trips Crease. And so you kind of think they're setting it up to be like, oh, Crease is a nerd or a wimp and, like, he needs to learn how to fight. But, like, the next time you see him, like, the football player is, like, slapping around his girl, which is a little over the top, but okay, whatever. And, um, Crease intervenes, and it turns out Crease can fight. Like, he's not, not, like, sophisticated karate, but, like, he, it's like... Yeah, he's got good instincts. He says, I've been fighting my whole life. I'm not afraid. I sure as hell ain't afraid of you, you know? And I, I like that because you're, like, you get the feeling... He's not like a star foot player, but football player, but he's a scrappy kind of kid. Like a, he's not a kid exactly, but he's like a, he's like been around, you know? Yeah. Like and he's tough. You don't think there was karate in America in the 60s in not. a big way, right? It, it was, it's more that he's like a brawler. And yeah. I like that they, they sort of like set that up. Like he is like somebody who's like gotten into like fights and like he may not be cool or popular or whatever, but, like, he's not, like, necessarily, like, the classic 50s wimp. He's, like, just this guy, like, who can fight and is thinking about joining the army. And, like, um, and I like that, uh, and now we're getting into the present day themes. This is, like, the only episode that I've really liked Crease because he has this conversation with Tori, 
because he wants Tori to come back to the dojo, and we'll get to her story in a bit, but, like, he wants her to rejoin the dojo, and Tori is, like, talking about how she is trying to stay out of juvie, um, and part of the thing, the only thing that keeps her out of juvie is that she's a caretaker for her sick mom, and she's got a lot on her plate, and Kreese is like, you know, my mother was sick, too, but, you know, it wasn't, it was a different kind of sickness, and I didn't understand it then, and, like, you know, and when Tori asks if she survived or got better, Kreese just says no, and for once... He doesn't overact it. He just kind of does it like really subtly. And it's just... Yeah, I, I can't believe it. But he was actually kind of pulled back in this episode. We never say that. He's even pouting less. Yeah, he came across <laughs> as like a person in the world. This It's going to happen, guys. This season, we're going to see Kreese's humanity. And Letha's going to become a full-on oh fan. Oh, God. I mean, hey, you know, I shouldn't have been like so surprised in a show that like basically is premised on Johnny's humanity. Yeah, because it's like it's almost like the um, when we watch like the origin story of a comic book villain or something mm-hmm. and you see them like oh, okay and it's always something like yeah they were they were bullied and roughed around and right and i like that like it also doesn't seem like his backstory is not like crazy over the top do you know it just seems like it's his mother killed himself and herself and obviously that's like you know has an effect on him but he's also not like I kind of hate it when it's just like, and he grew up in an orphanage where only like all the yeah, it's all the bad things. Glasses. Sometimes it's it's like Hawk, where Hawk is probably middle class and upper middle class. He's bullied yeah. because of his like his hair lip scar. Yeah, exactly. And maybe that's all it takes. Yeah, it's like you don't need like a billion different things. Also, I'll say that like at the end of the episode, he's going off to basic training and he's saying goodbye to. Um, the Betsy. girl Betsy. She Betsy was the football player's girlfriend, and like a crease stepped in to defend her when the football player was roughing her up. So clearly, like they're together, they're like kissing goodbye, and Crease is like throughout the episode, he's dispensing his lessons to like the Cobra Kai people, and he's just like, I think that he says something interesting, and this is crazy. Crease never says anything interesting to me. But, Telling like, you, here's where some, it starts. Some, he drops some truth bombs where he's like, some. You hear his voiceover to the Cobra Kai dojo students that, like, you know, sometimes, like, you can do everything that's good. You can do all the right things, but, like, life doesn't, isn't fair and doesn't show you mercy. And, like, I get the sense, tell me if you think I'm crazy, he's saying goodbye to, like, Betsy, his girlfriend, that, like, and that they're going to stay true to each other and they're going to wait for each other. I get the sense Betsy's going to, like, move on from him and, like... Yeah, or maybe he changes his mind. Something like, you have the best of intentions and the life keeps shitting in your mouth. Yeah, and that's that's why I'm kind of thinking that, like, it's it's definitely, like, he'll, he'll be like, no, I was true to her. Why wasn't she true to me? Just because it's, like... Again, it doesn't have to be the largest things in the world, but, like, I like that as a theme because it's sort of a complicated theme. Like, this is actually... You know, we, we were kind of shitting on the last episode, um, but but I will say that, like, I feel like this one was more back, like, to form with the humor. Yeah, this thing. was a good episode. Yeah, and also, like, this, this theme that, like, you can do all the right things and life might still take a shit in your mouth is, like, it's kind of a complicated one, and I think the show is actually, like, really trying to grapple with that. Like, Yeah, yeah. and it's one of those consistent themes where you can see it... Um, in almost every character's mm-hmm. uh, storyline. So, yeah, we're, we're going to... like We kind of like flashback to Crease throughout the episode, which is great. Um, but I kind of want to... Yeah, do we want to talk about Miguel? Because I yeah, think it's also like a direct... Speaking of life shitting in your mouth. Yeah, exactly. So Miguel has woken up from his coma, which is great. Um, and he's still only... He's been receiving gifts, and mostly it's his mom and his grandmother visiting him. And there's a scene where um, 
Miguel's mom talks to the doctor and he sees Miguel sees her crying and he finds out that the doctor doesn't think he's going to ever walk again, which it's not just like, will I ever do karate again? It's like, I may just not be able to walk because of this Mm -hmm. terrible thing. So, um, we, we see him then with Johnny finally comes for a visit. Johnny sneaks in again. He kept his hospital bracelet from the last time he was there. So smart. Um, and it's, First of all, ah, a Miguel and Johnny scene. It was all the feelings, because it was like, there's, Johnny has a lot of great material to work with in this, and he has like a lot of touching scenes with different characters. The ones that, he's such a great actor, but whenever he's with Robbie, you just feel no emotion. Like, from him, and or like for that particular relationship, it's almost like a long dead relationship. Like you want to feel the feelings, but you've moved on in your life and you (laughs) wish them well, but it's not, it's not at the front of your mind. Whereas your heart is with his heart is with Miguel. So, Oh man. And it's, it is a scene where like you love seeing them together and just, you know, just like, just even like Miguel, like, you know, saying sensei when he's come, it's like really nice. But then like, I think Miguel, what Miguel said, I wasn't expecting it. But, like, in retrospect, it made perfect sense that he was kind of like, I did what you told me to do. I did every single thing that you told me to do. And when you told me to show mercy, that is what I did. And what did he get for it? He did everything. Like, Miguel, like, really just did everything right and was a good person. And he now might never walk again. And it's just, like, such a... And, like, and he asks, he asks, like, why? Why did that happen? Johnny can't say anything, but, like, I don't know. And Miguel, like, just tells him, ah, Miguel's like, the kid is a good actor. Because yeah. he's crying, and he tells him, like, well, get out, leave. And then he says, please, which, I don't know, was kind of heartbreaking to me, where it's just... Yeah. They had a very short scene together, but it kind of touched on, like, how special and unique that relationship was, like... Johnny being like, I thought headgear was for nerds. And, yeah. Uh, and like, he shows his concern in this, like, understated way. In the Johnny And way, I like yeah. that, you know, Miguel is really angry. Because I feel like they made Miguel a bit saint-like. Um, he had that kind of, like, weird dark turn at the end of season one. And then but then he became, like, this, like, shining his halo. And I actually think the fact that he's really angry that he might lose the use of his legs. Yeah. I don't know if they'll go this direction, but that's, like... That's like a Cobra Kai lesson. Like, you can do everything right, and you can... Yes, it's like a complicated lesson that you don't really see any, like, most places, that it's like, you can... There is no promise that, like, if you always do the right thing, that good things will happen to you, yeah. you know? And it's like, yeah, no, the, this is that is actually why he may, might be paralyzed. And I, I think that that's, like, an interesting thing for him to grapple with. And, like, it's an interesting... And I think his, like reaction to Johnny is like totally fair and legitimate considering he just woke up from a coma and learned he might not walk and man I like that and that's also I'd like to say that they did you know we give the second season some shit but like we are one episode now two episodes episodes in. in they did set up like an interesting and like complex situation where like you know Miguel Miguel is like has just woken up from a coma and he's in bad shape. And Rob, I don't find Robbie interesting usually, but they did set up an interesting thing where it's like you are not exactly like oh god that monster Robbie. Like obviously Robbie like probably wishes that he didn't do it. You know what I mean? And you're so and Daniel Larusso is like still trying to save Robbie. So you're not like just I don't know. It's a nice thing when like a show at least like doesn't demand that your sympathies only go to one character. 
Yeah. I mean, the problem with Robbie is that he's Robbie. Okay. Um, do we do we want to talk about this because it's so interesting? It's like the hunt for not the hunt for Bobby Fisher, but it's <laughs> like so much of the the fun parts of this episode are Johnny and Daniel oh, like so on the fun. road, and, and we'll talk more about that. But I just want to while we're wrapping up the kind of more serious scenes is that they spend most of the episode looking for Robbie, and really Robbie kind of shows up at the, the final moments of this episode, and it's, he's at this, like, fancy rehab spot. He's visiting his mom. His mom is, rehab, he's visiting yeah. his mom, and it's entrapment, right? <laughs> or, like, something where Daniel has this, like... And I, you know, initially I had liked it. Um, but when I was watching that scene, what was interesting is that Daniel kind of takes ownership and says, I, I failed you, and I said some really terrible things. And I think we discussed, like, he said some awful things to Robbie. Like, right. kind of like... When he I had sh- that falling out with Robbie, because, like, he thought that Robbie, like, facilitated Sam getting thrown for something. Right. He's like, you're just like your dad, you're not worth helping, etc. Which is, like, a shitty thing to say to, like, a 16-year-old. Exactly. You know? And what's weird is that he says all that, but, like, literally the scene before is when him and Johnny are getting into it, and they're talking about... They're kind of like throwing barbs, and and Daniel says something like, "Maybe Robbie just has too much of you in oh, him," and that's a very like you are the bad seed. Kind well, of thing. I mean, to to be fair, like I I honestly was like I knew they'd. Ha- I, I remember thinking like that, and at the end of the second season, it's like they're gonna have to touch on the fact that Robbie is both like he did a horrible thing, he might have killed somebody, and he is both Johnny's son and also Daniel's student, right? Like, so I, I I'm glad they kind of like were just like you know when. Uh, at the end of, like, their adventure, misadventure together, like, Daniel and, and Johnny are, like, yelling at each other, and, you know, Daniel says something like, I can't believe they let you teach kids, and Johnny's, like, comment, which is, again, totally fair, is like, oh, you're such a great teacher, <laughs> like, you, look what happened with Robbie, and that's when, like, Daniel shoots back, well, maybe he has too much of you in him, and it's... Daniel really goes below the belt, like, often, like, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, they're sniping at each other in a kind of, like, light, harmless way. But Daniel always takes it too far, in my opinion. Like, he... Well, I mean, do you think... I mean, here's actually a real question. Do you think it's Daniel's fault that, like, Robbie, like, kicked Miguel off of a balcony? No. Yeah, so... That's Robbie being kind of a little, like, jealous shit in that Right, right. Like Because I don't know that he was... I don't know what he was learning from Daniel, to be honest, because it was like... You're in a meatpacker freezer one minute. You're, like, building a... You're painting a fence... Like, the the lessons are, like, all over the place right. for and me. so, I would say, God, I hate being on Team Daniel. I hate it when you put me in this position, Nina. But, like, you know, when, when he tells Johnny, like, or when Johnny tells him, like, you know, basically, you're a bad teacher, look what, what happened to Robbie. It's like, weirdly, that's probably the worst thing you could say to Daniel, right? Because, yeah. like, Daniel, like, wants to be Miyagi. And the idea that, like, no, you're not Miyagi. In fact, you're, like, just as bad as Kreese, which I thought was, like, a great, like, Crease line the previous episode that like it's there's no bad students dude there's just bad teachers I think that hits him below the belt you know yeah it's like equal opportunity like hurt people hurt people sorry <laughs> <laughs> that's my lesson for the day kids wow <laughs> this episode will end with that tagline uh, <laughs> god we're jumping around so yeah, um, um, but wait, should we talk about Robbie? Oh yeah, what happens with the entrapment stuff? It turns out that, like, Daniel has this nice thing where he, he apologizes for the stuff that he said and, like, for, for saying those horrible things. And you can tell that, like, I was wondering if, like, Daniel was going to, like, react to this like, by, like, Robbie's a bad seed. Like, the, the end of the, the first 
sorry, at the end of the second season, I wondered if, like, Daniel would still, like, maintain ties with Robbie, or if he would just say, like, eh, Robbie, God, hopeless case. But I can tell that, like, it's nice that he actually does, like, feel responsible, and he feels, like, you know, despite everything, he's got to be there for Robbie. Um, and that's a nice scene, and then, like, the cops arrive, which I liked even better, actually, that it's like, Daniel does care, he does, and he does feel sorry, but... Like, he also knows that, like, Robbie's sentence will be lighter if he just fucking turns himself in. Or, you know, as opposed to, like, having the cops, like, chase him down somewhere. So that's what he does. He calls the cops to, like, arrest Robbie. And, um, Robbie's all, like, betrayed. Can you guarantee that, though? Because I feel like it's also a trope where, like, I don't know, the legal system can be capricious and you, you don't know, like, that's how true. they'll land on you. Very true. Um, and in fact, like... I'm not sure, like, so the thing is, you would get some leniency if you turned yourself into the cops, um, as opposed to, like, the cops having to, like, come and arrest you, but, like, the cops do have to come and arrest Robbie, because, you know, he, like, just... He tries to run. He tries to run, so that's not going to really be helpful to his case, um, but, you know, I like that Daniel did that, because it's just, like... He might feel bad, and he's, like, trying to help Robbie, but he's, but it's also just kind of, like, the smart thing to do. If And also, Robbie, like, I'm a little bit, like, Robbie's so betrayed. He's like, don't, but, like, Daniel says he'll visit every day, which is a lot, man. And, like, Robbie's <laughs> like, don't do that bother. to me, Lotha. I would never visit you every day. I mean, like, maybe, maybe you try like, to entrap me in a rehab well, I mean, facility. If you needed it, like, for, like, Terry Silver rehab. Duly noted. Yes. <laughs> but, like... But yeah, with uh, Robbie, I thought it was, I don't know if I had like, a problem with this, but he's all angry and he's like, don't bother visiting me. And it's like, Robbie, a second ago you were like, all of this is my fault. Which like, if you want to be like, really cause and effect about it, yeah, sure it was. You, you did kick a kid over the balcony. I know, but you're not going to love the person who like, you think, I don't know, he was kind of ambushed and he's got to be fearing jail or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and he's got to be betrayed, but it's like, Robbie, like, what do you think should happen to you? He's 16, his brain isn't formed uh, yet. But it's just like, if I kicked you over a balcony, I would expect to eventually reap some consequences for that. Like, were you just going to, like, live on the run for the rest of your life? Like, what are you no, doing? No, what would have been crazy is if Miguel escapes from the hospital and swears blood vengeance. No mercy. <laughs> There's still, like, seven episodes to go. I know. It could happen. Oh, God. The, the roads we don't take. Um... Sorry, we're done with Robbie. Do you want to get to the tango and cash stuff? Yes, because that's fun, and I think a bit of a a light counterweight. Yeah, this this episode like has a lot of fun moments. So um, Daniel, <laughs> Daniel and Rob, sorry, Daniel and Johnny in the car um, hands a green juice to Johnny, who <laughs> says it looks like sewage. Remember, uh, they're going on their adventure to find Robbie. Yes. Um, Do you think so? I don't know if it's because Johnny is hungover. He is so uninvested. It's almost like he's like, oh, are we going to find my son? Are we going to Best Buy? Or like, it, he doesn't care. He's just along for the ride. Oh. And that's what I love about Johnny. Because it's like, you can't make him care about his oh son. My God. He cares. He cares. Okay. In an abstract kind of way, perhaps. You know I write about this. I he mean, does not give a shit. If, he's like, he's, if you thought your son was living on the street and anything could happen to him, would you be like... You know what? Why don't we just break and get Look, some like carnitas or whatever? I feel very complex towards my son because one, it's not like he like really liked me that much, and two, he kind of killed my karate son. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place. I'm as invested as I can be. 
Thank you. I think being a parent parent means uh, you have to parent even if your kid doesn't like you very much. And if he kills your karate son? There's nothing in the rule book, okay? <laughs> anyway, I think I think Johnny is just as invested as he should be, which is that they're riding around. That is to say, like, not at all. They're riding around in Daniel's Audi and like... They go to, first they go to like the rehab facility that the LaRussos um, sent Robbie's mother to. And man, the LaRussos are fucking loaded. Like so this is a nice they've rehab been, facility. They've been paying for her rehab? It sounds like they have been paying for her rehab. How the, okay, so Amanda's pulling in like, like they have no customers. She's working like 80 hours. And they're bankrolling. A dojo. How much do you work. think a pricey rehab facility is? Like a shit ton in like that looked LA. Nice. That looked really nice, and there's like yoga and everything. There's also a little nice bit where like uh, because Johnny looks like Johnny, like the head of the rehab facility is like, you know, you're doing a very brave thing checking in, and then he says, <laughs> I'm, "I'm no quitter. Che- I'm not checking in. I'm no quitter." Uh, and that's like kind of when I knew we were in for a good episode. You know, it's just yeah. like, yeah, we're all right. Yeah, and he scoffs because Robbie's mom also has a life coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, we're all team Johnny. It's like, yeah, get your life together, but oh my god. Yeah, and then they get no nice uh, argument about the merits of monster truck rallies. And you're like, all right, okay, I'm digging this. You know what? That scene ends with, um, so Daniel's like, oh, we, we're looking for Robbie, and you know Robbie the best. And he says that to his, Robbie's mom, who, does she know Robbie the best? Can I mean, do they can really- anyone know Robbie? Yeah, exactly. Can you know a blank space? Can you know an enigma wrapped in a riddle, wrapped in a taco? Can you know you an can't. empty glass of milk? Um, <laughs> mean, sorry. And, but I mean, it's like his mom was, it's like they're doing a little bit of retcon. I think it's like, oh, maybe it's all about redemption. So she was a shitty mom in the first couple seasons, but now she's got her act together. But she doesn't really know her son. She's like, oh, well, you know, when he's in trouble, like... It was always those, like, two guys, you know, that the Chris, Chris Brown-looking Brown guy and that Latin fellow. Like, yeah, you know your son. But after it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and then they, uh, um, so other fun things are, like, just Johnny eating corn nuts in, like, uh, in Daniel's car. They have, like, a very nice, like, banter that's just, like, you, you feel like this is, like, if it took everything for the show to get to this place where they're, like, riding around a car doing this shit, I'm happy, you know? It's, yeah, it's he's spilling crumbs, and, you know, Daniel's being uptight as usual and won't let him blast music. And I will say, Daniel's a little bit more, to his credit, he kind of takes the gravity of the situation, because it's, like, it's not like in season one when they were like, let's go, like cruising essentially and go look at old apartments together in the bar like they're looking for his missing son so i feel like daniel's kind of got a mission in mind and that makes sense like johnny is checked out like he's sober in this that's not true but he's not that invested in the outcome visit is to like the prison where like the chris brown looking guy and the latin guy are being held did you ever think we'd see those two again no so (laughs) hey this season is full of surprises full of callbacks it's good to i guess it's good to see them um they have some again this is just fun like they have how much time do you think you serve for being an it scammer i mean didn't they all didn't they also like I don't know. They tried to steal wallets. Maybe we'll get a backstory from the Chris Brown-looking guy. God, I hope the next season is his backstory. (laughs) Nine Um, episodes. Let's sell him into everyone who ever did anything villainous, and how do they get that way? But, like, 
Yeah, they got this fun thing. Since LaRusso beat, him up, beat them up once, they're kind of respectful of him. And, and they're they're dismissive of Johnny until, like, because Johnny looks like somebody beat him up. Until Johnny slaps him around a bit. Um, so it's... And the interesting thing, I, I guess, is, like, about all this is that they're just like, oh, we'll go to this neighborhood where we used to scam people. That's, like, where Robbie hangs and, would like, he knows that area, which is, like, okay, thanks. Um, the great payoff of this scene is that, like, afterwards, like, Johnny and um, Daniel are in the car and, like, uh, Amanda calls and essentially, like, they, they reveal that they've been to prison beating around some sources. Well, Johnny is really the one who, like, spills the beans on that. And I like, you, you know that, like, you're right, you've said in the past Amanda kind of has a thankless role, but, like, she's got good delivery, so it's always been okay with me, and that, like, she's the one who punctures their bubble of, like, pompousness. Like, you know, in the last episode when, like, Daniel was acting like this is a an age-old conflict between two great houses, you really need her there to be, like, fucking pleased. Do you like, think it's leading anywhere, though? Like, I think it's always been that dynamic but it's had a little bit more tension in it and so i don't think so honestly yeah, like she's is. if she was gonna leave she would have been her went well within her rights to and she would have left when he started up a goddamn dojo she's like whatever a minute our finances are entangled i think we know that daniel's not through being daniel though yeah but she's like she's been like going through daniel being daniel for years now she's like used to it she realizes that like her one like source of fun is just to be like god you're an idiot you know she's just like you realize you guys are not cops. I'm like, they're like actually riding around the city and like beating up sources and shit. And oh, my favorite thing is that after all of their like misadventures trying to find Robbie, all of it is jack shit. Like they go to, when they're in Robbie's old neighborhood, um, they see a guy like driving around the, the, the stolen van that they've been looking for that Robbie has. And so they follow this guy back and the guy is like, a uh, guy takes it to a chop shop and they end up getting into a fight with all the guys in the chop shop. And then, like, at the end of this, like, pretty great fight scene, like, Johnny's got, like, one of the guys in a chokehold. And he's like, tell me everything. And it turns out the guy just stole a van from Robbie. Yeah. So none of their exploits have anything to do with finding Robbie. Robbie just shows up on his own at his mom's rehab facility. <laughs> do so, you want to talk about the garage fight? Yeah, let's talk okay. about that. So I think we've, yeah, this was kind of a fun fight. It's not so much, although at the end, um, Johnny and Daniel kind of turn and start fighting with each other. A lot of it is just kind of like a classic Bollywood style fight where they're like taking people out with tire irons. And I will say there's a lot of cutaways where you don't actually see Daniel fight, which is to be yeah, expected. There are a couple times when like Daniel's in a fighting pose where I'm like, I don't think Ralph. I wish it would. It would have zoomed out, and you see like Johnny taking all of them, and and Daniel's just like punching the wall in the distance. <laughs> yeah. So that I mean, you're right. Like I, I got the sense that like there's probably some creative editing, but it's now I suddenly realized for Karate Show it feels like it's been a while. Okay, fine, it's been like one episode, but like just it's nice to see them fight. It's nice actually to to see them use karate in a context that would at least make some sense in the real world, like. They're in a chop shop and they're they're fighting some goons who like think that they're gonna like report them to the police. And it's like karate's kind of a stupid thing, right? Because it's like you're not gonna fight like anybody with a gun with karate, right? But like maybe at a maybe at a chop shop. Sure. Yeah, guns okay. have no place in this town. Right. <laughs> this is America. But like yeah, in this in this particular chop shop, they're just like, we got tire irons and you know, we're we're menacing, so they 
they, yeah, it's it's cool. And then at the end, like when Johnny's like getting too rough with like the guy he's threatening for information. See, he cares about Robbie. He no, kills I, the guy. I really think it's about proving himself. Like he's, I mean, it was what was he like doing in the parking lot fight? He was going too far there because I think he's hit rock bottom. So it's just like a Maybe. Johnny thing. But I don't I think, think he does care about Robbie. Like guys, you know, she will die on this hill. I don't know and why you, you got to die face, on the Johnny. There's so much evidence. Though. I mean, what do you need? <laughs> but anyways, Daniel pulls him back and then that's how they get into like a, a fight, which what I liked about the fight between like, it's just short, but the fight between Daniel and uh, Johnny it doesn't seem like they're going for broke try- trying to kill each other like some of their previous fights. It just almost seems like they're working it, working out like the excess energy or something, you know, just like hit, hitting and blocking. That's true. And then like, you know, and then they go yell at each other in the parking lot, which is when they get in the real blows. Yeah. Hurt people. Hurt, Hurt people. Ha. Huh. My thing is catching on. Yeah. No, it's... <laughs> it's a sub theme. Um, why don't we go back to the dojo because yes. we got to cover Crease's oh, yeah. subplot, which, you know, he's, he's, he's honestly more enjoyable. He's less crazy than he was in season two. And I enjoy a crazy crease, but I feel like we're seeing a new dimension yeah. to him. I have a cap on crazy crease. Like it's fun for like a little while and then you're like, he's Why? not putting any cigars out in bonsais. Like his, He's when he's threatening Daniel, it's a lot more smug and pulled back, and I kind of like that. Yeah, and he's uh, it's more effective when he's talking to like his his dojo kids. For once, I like I don't have like an inherent problem with like the logic of everything he says. Which is like in the second season, it's like none of these sentences actually make sense. Whereas here, he's like, you get it. Life is on un- life is unfair. Sometimes you have to be cruel, etc. And the the thing that he does. Is he brings a mouse, an adorable little mouse, into class? Clarence. Yeah, the mouse is named Clarence by Bert, the nerdiest kid in the class. And you know, Bert's so cute. Oh my god! Um, and Bert's like, "Can I feed the mouse?" And you know, Chris is like, "No, but you can feed him." And he voila, he lifts the uh, the curtain off of a terrarium with a snake. A this is how mouse. I know that Chris isn't in it about. <laughs> making money because he's got no students and now he has this he random students they're right there but they're not paying yeah they are their parents are paying for this apparently like how okay you know? i mean he's paying the rent somehow and terry silver being a sugar dad but here's the other thing uh this so he feeds yeah bert is like this this rat or whatever is my friend but and... doesn't want to feed it to the snake um and then like it's like, and Chris is like, oh, I understand. You object? How many other people here object? And, like, you know, a few people, like, raise their hands, and he tells them that they're all out. Um, and to me, you know what? Do you know what? I'm a vegetarian, Nina. So I want to say I have the moral high ground when I say this. Uh-oh. But, like, what did you idiots think snakes ate? Yeah, I know. Even if you've been living under a rock, I mean, I'm not saying you need... It's the circle of life, That's, man. Right, and it's like, Bert... And the rest of his more conscientious objectors are going to go home and probably eat hamburgers for dinner. And like, do you know also, what I mean? Yeah. It's like, why? Most of them, I would, I would guess, eat meat. Why do you think that that is different? It, the only thing is that you didn't have the guts to kill your prey yourself. Also, Chris like picked basically a rodent, which is, you know, it's a rodent. It's not like a bunny or... It's like you understand that like, if you keep a pet snake, like, that is actually what you feed a pet snake. You feed yeah, it Yeah, what mice. does Bert think a cobra eats dreams? Right. 
jeez. Yeah, and like you conscientious objectors, like, so what are you saying? That you want the cobra to starve in its terrarium or you just want somebody to feed it out of your sight? Yeah, what about the cobra's needs? What about the cobra's needs? So you know what? I'm with Credit Crease on, on this, although Hawk, of all people, brings up to him later, like, um, is this the time to be cutting students? Um, which, you're right, Crease is not really in it for the money, apparently, because all of these, like, wieners were paying dues. I feel like, yeah, I feel like Crease, who's coming from a military background and hates weakness, probably looked at, like, the herd he inherited from from Johnny, and he's like, I don't know how to get these people to quit, so I'm going to have to kick some people right. out. I, I, want, I don't want any Bert's in here. So Bert's gone, along with a bunch of the other ones, and, like, uh... He tells he tells uh, Hawk that like basically like you know whatever we need to like strengthen the core and then we can like recruit more people from Miyagi Do which Hawk brings up as a possibility. Which... Hawk says I don't understand the plan. Yeah, <laughs> which is like oh that's cute. Hawk, that you I'm think with you. He, there is a plan, <laughs> right? Like I mean, for once I thought that like again, Kreese makes more sense in this episode than he ever has ever in his life, and it's like I guess there might be a plan. Um, I hope it doesn't involve. I don't want to be a sixteen-year-old kid this invested in a dojo business. You know what I mean? Like, get some other hobbies, get some other friends, like date somebody. Like, don't do this, Hawk. Yeah, don't do this to yourself. This way lies only madness. And (laughs) also, like, Kreese doesn't even love you back because Kreese is basically like, we need a fearless, amazing, merciless champion. Yeah, Kreese left his love and and his heart in Vietnam. Well, Kreese is basically like. We need somebody amazing to be champion. And it's, like, so clearly not Hawk, because he leaves the next moment to go see Tori. Um, and, I, again, I... We yeah, but Hawk this. definitely thinks it is him, right? Like, no. Yeah. I, Hawk's a pretty good actor, and I saw the doubt in his eyes. Really? Because yeah. I thought Hawk was... All Hawk wants is validation. And, I mean, it's kind of... Kreese was just like, well, Miguel was a champion, and I guess he's not here. So you'll do... I, but, I don't think Hawk thought that, actually. Really? I just didn't... Because it's like, I feel like if he thought that, like, he would have looked, like, a little smug or smiled or something. Mm-hmm. But, like, he just looks kind of, like, a little, like, like worried. And I'm not sure if Hawk wants that. Like, Hawk wants nobody to ever think, like, make fun of him again. Like, Hawk wants to be, like, impervious to that. I think it's a little f- more than that. Because, like, his whole beef with Dimitri has, like, gone on so long and it's so, like... Well, yeah, he basically, like... Dimitri reminds him of who he was, like this bullied nerd, and he wants to be like so far from that, and that's kind of why he like kept on like trying to like mess with Dimitri. Like, I don't know if he wants to be a champion. I don't think that's that important to him because like when he had his chance, like in the tournament, like in the first season, like he would rather just like you know like kick Robbie in the crotch for making fun of him and thus get disqualified than actually win the tournament. And also, it's like. Because he got roughed up in school and apparently isn't a big man on campus anymore, it's not even like karate is like the ticket to respect anymore. Right. Because, I mean, yeah, it used to be for him because it's like he was he was actually getting physically messed with. But it's like, once everybody knows that you went but the bed as a kid, like, I'm not sure if, like, karate There's no was, coming back uh, from that. There's no coming back from that, thanks, Dimitri. And, like, uh... Yeah, and I, I really I really just never got the sense from him that he wanted to be, like, champion number one. Like, he seems like the kind of guy who would be fine being a psychotic enforcer to somebody else. Um, but, uh, yeah, but he... I, I think he picks up on the fact that he's not Kreese's, like, number one champion choice. And I liked... I, I 
it's so weird, life in Greece like this. But I touched on that scene that he has with Tori. Um, yeah, let's get into the Tori storyline. So we open with Tori living in a shitty apartment. And I love when they give the backstories because Tori has been fairly one note up till now. Um, very jealous personality, etc. Um, quite aggressive. But yeah, she has a sick mother. She has a younger brother that she's taking care of. The only reason she stayed out of juvie is because she's the primary caretaker for her mom. And she has like a very sleazy landlord that's lurking around the property who essentially tells her like put out or she hasn't paid rent money and so he's basically like if you don't pay rent you can you know you can pay me some other way and start sleazy undertones here um yeah and i think like i like that when crease shows up like just like, you know, it's like, come back to the dojo, it'll be great. And she's just like, just really realistically speaking, she's like, I'm working on my GED, I'm like waitressing to pay rent, I'm like... She's got a lot of shit going yeah. on. She has real problems, I'm like Sam, I will say. Yeah, and like, it's it's one of those things where it's just like, you kind of... I, I was like, at first I was like, okay, like, this is one of those things where they really pile on the stuff that she's dealing with, but like, you also do get that like, her personality sort of matches, like, her circumstances. Yeah, and it's not yeah. ad- it's not so overblown. It's not like, so overblown. She has a sick mom and responsibilities. Right, which... and it's, like, it's also, like, it's one of those things, like, it doesn't make her, like, less of a, a jerk or, like, or when she, like, goes after Sam with, like, uh, brass knuckles, but it's just sort of say, and I like that she was, like, you know, that's what got me into this. Like, she's, like, she doesn't want to necessarily, like, be in, like, I don't know. It's kind of nice just to be like, she's not like a nihilist or something. She's like, she got really angry and jealous and attacked Sam. And she was like, well, that kind of fucked me over. Now look at me. So yeah, yeah. I think they're drawing. Unlike weird. Because Bobby actions have consequences. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you, they sort of have the same kind of backstory. Like Robbie has a alcoholic mom and, or like a mom that's not in the picture and a missing father but I don't know why I feel so much more sympathy for Tori. Because Robbie's not responsible to anybody but himself. And, yeah. like, Tori, at least, like, it seems like... I would have actually liked some like some more interaction between her and her little brother. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, you, you, it's immediately established that she takes care of her mom and her little brother. But, like, I, I would have liked to see, like, how does she feel about them? Do you know? Anyways, but uh, Robbie is, like, just, like... Yeah, I know, like, life's been tough on Robbie, but, like, Robbie doesn't give a shit about anybody else. He doesn't take care of anybody. Um, But I also, like I said, that scene between her and Kreese, I feel like you get the sense, like, Kreese really does see himself in Tori. And to me, that is, like, super interesting that, like, this... You know... Grizzled war veteran. like, war veteran white guy can look at this girl and, like see himself like that almost... in a way that he can't see himself in a hawk yeah or johnny or do you know what i mean yeah. like he doesn't and it's just like that actually does more to like how do humanize you know, crease than anything he sees himself in tori even before he knows her backstory though right yeah what do you think it is about tori it's the way you know what it is i think it's like the way that tori fights she fights like somebody like even before she was like formally trained in karate like she knew how to fight and not fight, like, in a in a cool tournament way. Like, fight, like, you get into a fight and you need to defend yourself. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, early on, like, I remember she was talking about how, like, if you want to, like, really, like, make a punch hurt, you got to put something on your fists. And Anyways, like, so, and I feel like that's sort of the same with Kreese. Like, they both, like, 
they've just been fighting people all their lives, and they're, like, naturally fighters. It's, it makes them more aggressive and violent in the way they approach things, but it's also, like... Like, I don't think... Johnny didn't grow up having... Like, he, you know, he had, like, his own problems with, like, a stepfather and stuff like that, but, like, it, was, it wasn't about, like, him growing up on the streets, and, like... Yeah. Neither did, like, uh... I mean, Hawk didn't. Like, Daniel didn't. You know? Like, I think that that's, like, something specific, and he sees that in her. Yeah. Um... And I think he kind of, he's more intuitive than perhaps we give him credit for it because he kind of quickly susses out the situation with the landlord. And I was really hoping for Kreese beating down the landlord. Instead, it's just a small scene where he, like, threatens him with some finger cuffs, which is very weird. Oh, God, no, I, I thought that was actually really effective just because, like... I don't know. Like, one of the things is, like, I, I expected him to go in and just, like, beat up the landlord and be like, you leave, you know, you'll leave Tori alone from now on, you know, which is, like, I always think things like that are kind are, like, a little bit, like, stupid, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, you can't really karate your way out of every problem, but, like, what he does is, like, way more sinister. Like, he takes this this guy and he, like, you know, he gets them in a hold, and then he places these finger cuffs on them, which I think you can use to rip somebody's fingers apart. And it's like, that's fucking scary. Like, the problem with karate in your way out of problems is that, like, yeah, okay, but, like, after you're done beating somebody, like, they could just call the cops, because you're not actually part of the mob. Like, you can't actually back that up. Um, but if somebody, like, put finger cuffs on you and basically put you in a torture device, it's horrifying. And you would be like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, no, not calling the cops. I don't want to get, like, my fucking fingers blown off. Like, yeah. Yeah, I feel like he he also left the details of the arrangement with Tori's landlord a little vague. Because, so, the guy's like, okay, here's what you're going to do for me. And then Tori comes back to the dojo, and she was like, it's been handled. Do you think it's just, like... He's just not going to collect rent. Okay. That's what I think. All right. Um... I was just wondering if there was some somehow more to it or something. Yeah, I mean, I think that the main thing was that, like, she couldn't really make rent or something yeah. like that. And so I think that that's... And, and yeah, I, it's not that I liked the scene, because I really just don't like it, anything that's, like, a verges on torture, but it, it made sense to me. And first of all, it's like, we've had this episode where Kreese is, like, humanized and all that, and I like that you have this reminder, like... But he's not a good person. Yeah, yeah I mean, who knows? He's what he not did an avenging be. angel. He's like a creepy sociopath, as well as like having some good qualities. So I like that reminder, and I also like that it's just if you're gonna like basically get somebody to do your bidding like indefinitely, it can't be because you beat them up one time. <laughs> like that's not you can't karate your way through your problems. Yeah, I, I will. This is kind of an unexpected relationship that I'm weirdly more interested in now, Tori and Kreese. Because yeah. Hawk and Kreese, it feels mismatched somehow. Mm-hmm. And they do not come, they're not coming from the same place. Like, right I now. can't see why Hawk would follow Kreese into battle, whereas I can see Tori being like, this person took care of a huge problem in my life and I, I owe him. Yeah, that person, this person, like. I'm not going to ask why he's weirdly doing this for me, but... But I'm going to, like... I feel like she understands there's a respect there for her and, like, that she would return that. Whereas, like, yeah, with Hawk, it's like, dude, I mean, what do you get... Like, at a certain point, like, Hawk just wants to, like, seem cool. Like, his his desires are, like, very... It's it's weirdly sympathetic, but it's also pretty simple. Like, he doesn't want people... He doesn't want people to make fun of him and think that he's a dweeb. Yeah, and and it's not... I'm not, I don't care about that anymore. <laughs> right. And it's just, it's a little bit like, yeah, it's, 
there's there's not that much farther you can go with that. And it's like I also don't quite see like why he would like follow Crease into battle because he doesn't want a long old looking dweeb, especially because yeah. karate isn't even helping him anymore. Like Yeah, oh and Crease has some stuff that he Oh my god, he's like, you're soldiers, and you lost you lost someone, but don't worry, it won't go unanswered. You lost, the ba- you lost soldiers, you lost the battle. Diaz was one of our own. Yeah, which is just... Man, I don't know, man. Like, you're right. I, I really do believe that these kids' parents are paying for these, these lessons, because, like... Yeah, I mean, it's a big deal that Tori doesn't have to pay for the lessons. She He, he says he won't collect. Yeah, but, but I thought it was does. such a huge fallout from this brawl yeah i mean i guess that's what my my point was gonna be that like it seems like these kids are paying but i'm honestly like dude i mean you guys are like upper middle class parents i mean you realize that your your kids are going to this dojo where like their their teacher is basically like your your soldiers in a war yeah increases as as grounded as crease is in this episode it's like he's still so fucking nuts (laughs) Like, it's a strip mall dojo, dude. He's a wild card. Yeah. Only Terry Silver can read him in. Who knows? Someone's paying for all this shit. Right? Who's buying that cobra? Who's buying Clarence's? Who bought the cobra? Who's, yeah, who's keeping them in the mice? I I honestly think it's just dojo fees, which is less glamorous than a Terry Silver bankroll, but, you know. Yeah. Maybe that was what was in the duffel. Like, Terry Silver's like, here's like, $200,000. $200,000. Buy yourself some mice with it. So, I don't know what crazy thing you're going to spend it on. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, ready to close it out? I think we're ready. Okay. And you're reading, madame? Hmm. 4.5 Clarences. Nice. I'm going to say 4 out of 5 nuts in the cushions of Daniel LaRusso's car. Nice. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, also, I will say stray observation is <laughs> Johnny in technology is when he's like, doesn't quite know how a car phone works. <laughs> Where the speaker is. God, I he's love like, it keeps so leaning much. towards it. To so many to great head. Johnny moments in this, this episode. Yeah, man, they just... This is the key to the show, I realize. Just more Johnny. That's all I Yeah, especially I when need. he's, like, down and out and he does, doesn't care anymore. Because, mm-hmm. like, the only locus of his life has, like, banned him, banished him. And he's just, like, out there eating corn nuts in some dude's car. I know, that's, that's, yeah. That's all you needed, really, to bring the show back to where it needed to be. <laughs> okay. Strike first. Strike hard. No, no mercy. mercy.